Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined again today by Dr. Matthew Perry. Matthew and I have had discussions in the past about why we don't always need surgery, but today we switched that up to talk about situations when surgery is indicated. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Matthew Perry, we're back again. How are you? Hey, Brianne. I'm doing well, doing well. Um, nothing to report on the San Diego weather today, at least. It's pretty, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much like probably everywhere else. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, doing, doing really well. Lots of big changes here at the, uh, the company and uh, all for the better. Um, and always love being on the podcast with you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's always fun having you. I love our conversations that we get to have about whatever, anything and everything we choose to banter about. The the whole thing. <laughs> so let's dive in. I know uh, before we hit record, you had some things that you wanted to talk about today, and we'll kind of see where this takes us um, on tangents and everything else like we tend to do. Um, But let's dive into the topic at hand, which is we talk about a lot. We talk a lot about surgeries not being needed, that people tend to have these surgeries when other conservative methods can do the trick. But we both know that sometimes surgeries are necessary in some cases. So let's dive into that conversation today. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been something that's been, uh, you know, kind of on my mind, uh, you know, for 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 a while, you know, we uh, as physical therapists, you know, uh, you know, love, uh, love working with people and love, you know, dispelling that whole thing when someone says they're, they're so broken that they need to, you know, need a surgery. Um, but yeah, sometimes, you know, it, it is indicated, right? You know, there's a lot of conditions, you know, um, out there that, you know, by, maybe by the time they get to us, they're 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 too far advanced in the condition, you know, to treat it conservatively, right? Um, or, or or by other means. So, you know, it, it's it's something that uh, you know we need to understand, right? You know, we always talk about no matter what on this podcast, you know, that you know we do have limitations, right? We're not miracle workers by any means. We're not pretending to be. Um, and you know, with the uh, you know, with the whole surgical thing, you know, at the end of the day, surgery, surgeries do exist for a reason. I've <laughs> been doing them for, you know, I think thousands of years now. Um, and I'm glad we're not hitting people over the head with mallets anymore to, to knock them out. But <laughs> <laughs> we've advanced. <laughs> we have advanced. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, you know, um, you know, I, the, the thing that comes to, to my mind is, you know, that person uh, who has that really advanced arthritis, right? We have the, the A word, <laughs> arthritis. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, there, there is a point of, you know, kind of diminishing returns, you know, how much pain is this person in uh, versus how much benefit, you know, can they get from, from simply exercise, joint mobilizations and, and all those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, as I said before, it's, it's just so important, you know, I, I know uh, you do as well as I do, you know, that we do know our limitations as, as PTs, right? You know, we can't, we can't cure everything, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I, with, well, I, I, yeah, with that said, you know, we can't cure everything. I think 
I still think it's a good place to start, especially when it is arthritis or, you know, just like pain started, but like you have a scan that shows something, but, you know, maybe by doing therapy, you'll, you know, you can avoid surgery or worse or worst case scenario, the stronger you go into surgery, the better outcomes you have. So why not do some things on the front end prior to that surgery? Yeah, that's that whole aspect of, uh, you know, quote unquote, prehab. Um, I, I love that that's becoming more of a, a buzzword and a term um, because, you know, there's there are significant bodies of evidence that that talk about, you know, OK, we've established that that you're going under the knife. OK, that's that's done. That's going to happen in, t- in two months or something like that, you know, but why don't we get get stronger, get more functional? Um, and like I said, the body's evidence support that, you know, typically you'll have a better outcome on the other end of that, you know? So, I mean, that doesn't mean we don't, uh, because someone's going under surgery that we don't have a place, um, in, in the person's, um, uh, you know, rehabilitation process. Um, but it just looks different. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe we're working on the, the adjacent muscles, right. Um, working on total body strength, um, because I bet you, you know, you know, pretty much anything that if someone's been in that significant pain where they're going into surgery, that, you know, they probably haven't been moving a lot (laughs) and their body isn't physically fit. Right. Um, So, you know, weight loss is key, you know, um, because, you know, the, the, uh, the lighter you are, the, you know, the better the anesthesia takes and, you know, all those kind of things. I'm not an anesthesiologist, but um, that's, that's, in from uh, um, from 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 my perspective, and, um, and and all of that, then you'll have that better outcome. And it's like even if that outcome on the other other end of it is a week better than it would have other been, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Get definitely. back to running a week earlier. <laughs> definitely. And you know, I think too, besides the just getting movement in, because you know, there's definitely athletes that get hurt or that have like meniscus tears or tear cuff tears things come up that you and I both know a lot of these are due yes it can be due to trauma but a lot of them are due to repetitive use mechanical faults that sort of thing so even just working on those movement patterns prior to surgery so they come out so you can like get off to the races in the proper strengthening patterns when they're out exactly the the muscle memory is already there right um, the brain body connection is already there. Um, so, you know, I, I, th- I think that's, uh, that's just super important. And, you know, I know insurances get weird about things that are actually going to help people, but, <laughs> 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 you know, but, um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, you know, are, you know, are, it's, it's funny when, you know, it makes me think about, you know, when someone's thinking about buying a new TV, so they can watch, you know, football seasons coming up, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, they will spare no expense. <laughs> Most people will, you know, get the, the 8K, 90-inch, 80-inch TV, all of that kind of stuff. But when it comes to our bodies, now, now things become too expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and although insurance might not cover that, that prehab that we're talking about, you know, wouldn't it be nice to make that investment in yourself to you know, um, you know, again, make sure you have better outcomes. Yeah, it's, it's so fascinating when you dive into, to the, 
healthcare side of things and insurance and what people are willing to pay for, just because when you do compare it to the new TV or the new computer or the phone that you're holding in your hand that costs $1,500 or, you know, all the things they don't bad, people don't bat an eye at most times because they're maybe needed, maybe not. But then when it comes to like $500 for a PRP inject, you know, for PRP or for rehab or whatever, it's like, they don't want to spend that money. It's, it's just fascinating to me. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, it's a, um, it's an interesting mindset. You know, I'd be interested to see if you know maybe that's more of a American kind of custom. You know, where that you know, um, where in you know maybe India they are more you know apt to to uh, to invest, or may, maybe it's just our mindset of you know that we know we can take a pill for everything, or um, I'm going under the knife anyways. You know, uh, who cares? They'll fix me. The surgeon will fix me. You know. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's extremely fascinating, but uh, you should always know that, you know, your healthcare provider is not necessarily there to fix you, right? Um, it's to, to give, you know, the person the, the greatest chance at success. And whether that is through physical therapy and, you know, offloading some structures to be able to move better or going under the knife to, you know, free up that scar tissue or to remove or, you know, repair, you know, that, that damaged structure, you know, ultimately it's, it's up to you. And, you know, that rehab is going to happen whether you um, want it or not, especially if you're going under the knife. Yes. Yes, it is. Or at least it should. <laughs> should, it should. Yeah. Fascinating. Like I've known surgeons in the past to like after total hips, because typically people can get up and walk pretty fast after those, like won't even send people to therapy afterwards or won't, like they'll have to ask for it. And it's just fascinating. Some thought processes that go through some searches, not all, like there's definitely a lot that just automatically refer to PT, but it's fascinating. The thought process that goes through some of their, the surgeons heads when it's like, I just, you know, I just cut into you. I just did major repairs, major things, but you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Go have fun. <laughs> you want. Yeah, you know, I have a very personal experience with that. You know, um, a few years ago, my uh, my mother got a total hip replacement, and um, you know, as things were really far gone, you know, I think it was a um, an indicated surgery for sure, and she's she's doing really well now. Um, but yeah, the uh, the doctor didn't recommend PT for her until I think it was three weeks out, and you know, I obviously didn't like that at all. <laughs> PT. Um, you know, we always adhere to surgeons, you know, protocols and procedures and stuff, but you know, that just didn't make sense. So, uh, you know, I ended up flying up uh, to, to see her and I was with her day, day one, uh, day two. Uh, so she had surgery on like a Wednesday and I saw her on Thursday. Um, and by like Friday, we were walking upstairs. <laughs> You know, Friday or Saturday, we were walking upstairs and, and doing stuff. And I think that's what expedited her, her outcomes. You know, I don't want to say I'm a miracle worker or anything, but, you know, I, I think that quick rehab process got her doing that. Otherwise, she'd be laid, laid up for two weeks and whatever strength she did even have in the beginning, which was not much before the surgery, um, would be even more regressed. And yeah, that, that, uh, that just doesn't make sense to me. Mm -mm. So weird. Um, you know, so, some, some conditions, right, you know, shoulder surgeries and things like that. Yes, we know we need to protect it for a little bit. But uh, some of these other structures, it's like if you're not standing 
day one, um, we're not doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me about surgeries that are indicated. You know, how do, how does someone know whether they should get the surgery or not? Cause they talk to most surgeons are going to, are, they're a surgeon. That's what they do. They're going to say, yes, you need surgery. Physical therapists on the other side of things are a lot of times like, let's just try to rehab this thing. How does the, the injured person, the person in pain really like, get a good understanding of what's best for them? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that is tough. Right. Because you know, the, the surgeon wants to cut the carpenter wants to carve the, you know, PT wants to rehab and, you know, all of that kind of, um, all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, it can be very conflicting, right? Um, you know, oh, well, like this person says, no, don't, don't do the PT or, or just do this. This other person saying the exact opposite. You know, I think at the end of the day, you have to listen to your body. Um, I think we all have a, uh, you know, our trust, uh, should be trusting our gut in a lot of, a lot of ways here, all hear everyone out, you know, um, because, uh, you know, uh, all of these conflicting opinions, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're not the person, the, the person does, does end up, you know, knowing what's best, but hi- hierarchy wise, right. If we're going to kind of go top down, you know, um, how about we quote unquote fail the conservative, <laughs> you know, fail the the acupuncture if that's something you know you're into and the chiropractor and the pt fail all those things you know um most of those things don't break the bank um and if uh and and if you're still in you know in excruciating pain no change or it's worse you know now you can go go to the cut because because you you can't ever uncut (laughs) (laughs) very true you can always recover from some muscle pain or whatever but yeah um, I, you know, surgery is kind of a, you know, irreversible, irreversible thing that has other side effects too, right? It's not perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, even the most skilled surgeons in the world, you know, there's, there's side effects to it. Yeah. I think it's something, it's really funny actually, because typically surgeons will go over, you know, what the side effects, precautions, possible things that can go wrong, whatever. And uh, I had, when I had my ankle surgery from my bad sprain, this was back in 2004. And I don't know if it was because he knew I was in PT school. So I kind of knew a little bit of the medical side of things. But I was looking at the op report afterwards. And he was like, this is all explained earlier. <laughs> you know, myself, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I knew going into it, like, what the risks were. But at the same time, like, I don't think any of this was explained to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> And that's tough. You never want that kind of information after the fact, right? And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, that's, that's just such a, um, you know, just disconnect in the healthcare system. Because, you know, I, I mean, a lot of my, you know, patients who I've seen post-op, you know, they made it that it, it was almost um, sold to them, the surgery, as if it was essentially McDonald's, you know, you go through the drive through order what you want you know, and, and, and you're out in no time. Right. Um, and then they, they realize very quickly that that's, that's not the actual case. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, I think there should be so much more education before someone's going into it and it's not to dissuade. It's just, we've elected to do this and this is the good, bad, the happy and sad of it. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So. Let's kind of dive into that because that kind of parallels the question I was going to bring up next or the conversation I wanted to have next, which is, you know, a lot of people with, and I, you know, I see it a lot of times, especially with meniscus tears, rotator cuff issues, shoulder stuff. They want, they just like, I'm just going to go have surgery because I just want that quick fix. It'll be better. And then I'll be back to doing everything again. Like, why is, let's talk about that. Like, why is surgery not necessarily that quick fix that someone thinks it is? Mm. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a tough one. And that's, that's that, those expectations, right? Because, you know, we're just sold this bill of goods, whether it be a, um, um, a, a, an Advil commercial or whatever, you know, that, hey, you know, you got pain, take this and, and take it away. Um, and, you know, also, as I said before, just that lack of education on the, um, um, the health, and I'm not blaming the surgeons, but the healthcare profession, you know, as, uh, as a whole. Um, and, uh, you know, because I, I think a lot more people would explore that conservative stuff if they understood that, hey, if you got a total knee replacement, you know, this is going to be a longer recovery, several months. It's going to hurt a lot when you're in the rehab process as we get the knee to move. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 and after that, you're still going to need strengthening, you know? Um, and, and so, you know, someone's expectation is, okay, in a week, I'll be better after the, the surgery. And that's, that's just simply not the case. And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, it's funny you brought that up, you know, I'm, I'm, we're toying with, you know, here at the company, maybe, you know, to provide that education, maybe we have a class for people who are expecting to go into whatever specific surgery, you know, we be that vehicle of education as opposed to um, relying on a PowerPoint show or, a, you know, a 3D nicely rendered kind of cartoon image of, you know, just, oh, just drill it and, you know, then we replace this and then you're good to go, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, as um, a guy, I guy from my gym, he's had issues on and off for years and he was one like most people, I kind of just trained through it for a while. And he got to the point, it's like, I can't continue to continue this way. I ended up having surgery, had some major tears in there. Like one of those situations where surgery is indicated. But I saw him the other day. He's three months out, I think. And he's like, word of advice. Never have shoulder surgery. He's like, it's awful. He's like, <laughs> the surgery itself is fine. He goes to the recovery process and the prehab. He's like, it's awful. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, things they don't tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The things they don't tell you. I know you should uh, write a testimonial. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, and and that's that's really an an us thing, and I don't necessarily mean like me and you. I just again mean the the healthcare system at 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 a lar at large, you know, because um, that's that's very detrimental to uh, to all the clients, right? And it's like okay, you know, maybe. 20% of the people who have the shoulder surgery walk out, no problem, good to go. You know, I doubt it versus the shoulder, but, you know, let's say that's the case, right? Um, but then you still have 80% where that's not the case. So why are we catering to the 20? Let's, uh, you know, um, let's say it's going to take four months and maybe it only takes one. I don't think there's ever going to be somebody upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Southwest Airlines, when they say it'll take two hours to get somewhere and you get somewhere in an hour, I don't think anyone's upset. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
so true. Yeah, so it's 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 the managing of expectations, which is um, uh, and so um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know a solution to it because I don't even think the hospital classes and stuff from from my patients' perceptions, you know, do a great job at at uh, at managing those expectations. They don't, and I think you know, thinking about the some of the less aggressive surgeries, like especially. And I keep bringing up meniscus just because I, I feel like it's one that's very much overdone that doesn't need to be done often, but at times it does, it is. Um, but it's like, you just hear conversations with people or you see it on social media or different forums. And it's like, people just expect to be back to running in a couple of weeks after. And it's like, all of a sudden they're three, four months out and not running yet. And they, and they don't really understand why. And I think you're right. We don't, we don't set the expectations properly as a health profession in general, or just as medical professionals in general on what that recovery process of the realistic, realistic recovery process. Cause yeah, some people do recover really great and are back to running in two weeks or are back to doing stuff with their shoulder in three months, but that's not the majority. Definitely not the majority. And you know, the other thing is it, it looks um, and this isn't uh, uh, taking anything away from uh, a surgery because it's very complex, but especially meniscus surgeries look so simple, right? Drill a hole here, you know, camera goes in and then, you know, they will shave us a little bit of stuff. So you're up, good to go in and out. <laughs> and, and yes, that's true. Maybe it is a less complex surgery than open heart surgery or something like that. But um, that's still a lot of trauma to the body. Mm-hmm. Your body wake or goes goes to sleep under anesthesia in a certain situation, and then they, you know, your body wakes up and it's like, oh my gosh, there is all this stuff that just happened, you know. Um, and so the, your body reacts to that, you know, just like any other trauma. I want to take a quick break to talk about run with happy feet. If you are dealing with a foot and ankle issue that is keeping you from running and racing, this is the website for you. So go check it out at runwithhappyfeet.com. Or if you want faster results, then book a free call with me so we can take a deep dive into your situation. You can book a call at runwithhappyfeet.com slash book call. Now back to the conversation. Random or something that came to mind recently or just now when you're talking is so most surgeries now are done orthoscopically where there's not very big incisions. Like every once in a while we'll have surgeries where they have big incisions, but for the most most part, they aren't now. Thinking back to say ACLs when I was in high school, it was the big incision on the entire knee. Like you knew you had a major surgery. How much do you think that impacts people's thought process on how fast they'll recover when all they see are two or three little holes on them rather than a big incision. Wow. I had never considered that uh, before. And no, I mean, that's, that's, that's a great point. Um, because yeah, if it looks like some, some stuff was done, um, then that automatically, I would think, you know, you go in your head, okay, so this is a big thing. I got to take some time on this. But yeah, these just like kind of little holes and like two butterfly uh, butterfly bandages on it. It just doesn't look like much. That's that's fascinating. I had wow. Um, I I would say that has a huge impact. 
right? Or the, the other minimally invasive stuff where it's just essentially kind of lasers, you know, going into you. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, you know, and I'm sure the outcomes are, are much better and, you know, recovery time is shortened, but it's not cut in half. Mm -mm, not at all. PCLs are still a year, like, yeah. <laughs> you'll have your healing process. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, there's that psychological component. Yeah. So maybe we just huh. need to start cutting into people, like, bigger. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's yeah. not a problem. <laughs> Bring back the 12-inch scars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Um, yeah, that's uh, something I'd love to uh, uh, probe some of uh, our surgeons who we've well worked with in the past and see if we could have them on and, and have a conversation about that. I think it'd yeah. be a lot of fun. It'd be an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. Especially some yeah. who've been around for a long time and have gone from the like incisions to some, I mean, at this point now, cause I'm thinking like they would have had been surgeons at this point for 20 some years. So some of them that are on the older side, but it'd be interesting to find out. Yeah, yeah. And and even the question about, you know, now I'm really getting jazzed about this. Uh, you know, they uh because because back in the day they didn't used to do PT right after surgery, right? There was not, you know, it was like, oh, just rest it and then, you know, we'll whatever and things would get stiff and you know, all of that. We realized day one, if you have uh start having the rehab process, you know, things get better. And so just seeing that whole evolution, right? Wow. So Sorry, everyone. This is in real time. This is not scripted. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually having a profound moment. <laughs> Making a thing today. Making me think. I need that. Um, so, so yeah, you know, uh, you know, you know, regardless, you know, we need to, you know, much better manage uh, people's expectations and, and stuff like that because, um, you know, most of the people who come to us, you know, are like. Nadia, I thought this was going to be like two weeks and now they're finding out it's going to be months. And so now they got to cancel their trip, right? Because they, mm -hmm. they, they thought they're going to be taking a trip in a month um, when in reality that is not even kind of, you know, the case. Like yeah. except for, you know, a couple people, one or two. Oh, um, but yeah, you know, the onus is on everybody for sure, you know, um, in, in that. But I mean, like, yeah, where do we start on that? Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. So getting back, I, I think it's a hard question to answer, but kind of getting back to like when is surgery indicated in that question? Cause there's some, you know, there's sometimes you'll see like knee stuff that will need it. Sometimes not sometimes shoulders that will need sometimes not. And so there, I like, there's no clear cut answer as far as, you know, when someone needs surgery and when someone doesn't, but is there any way that we can start giving someone a little bit of direction to like, you know, if X, Y, and Z are there, like maybe consider these options type thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. It is very, you know, complex, but you know, I mean, I always go back to like, is it affecting your life? You know, is X affecting your life? And if so, how much? You know, um, is it cutting your run time or your, your run distances from, you know, 40 miles in a, in a week to like 39 miles, you know, that 
that, you know, in, in that case, you know, we've only cut out one mile because of some discomfort, you know, no, I don't think you should be, uh, you know, going into surgery for that. Um, obviously, unless you're a, you know, high performing professional runner or something like that, right? That's a big deal. But for most of us, you know, no, that's not dramatically affecting our lives. And that's something you could probably fix conservatively um, or get help with conservatively, you know, but, you know, are you now not able to walk your dog or run with your dog around the block? You know, when that's something you've done for most of your life, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think now we're probably talking about, um, you know, something a little bit more than, than, uh, the conservative treatment or would you used to do the 40 miles and now you can't walk your dog around the block. Um, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a, you know, very abstract, but, you know, a good, good place to start. Right. Um, you know, I want to know your thoughts on it though. Yeah. You know, I, it is tough and I think it does depend a lot on the person and what, how much their function is declined. Um, but at the same, I think too, I think that conservative route is always most beneficial to do first to see, because I, like you said earlier, like, I think, you know, try PT, try Cairo, try acupuncture, whatever method that is for you fail out of those first. Cause if you can do that and recover, then awesome. If you can't, then at least you tried and, you know, now surgery is indicated. And, you know, sometimes the scans will show, will show that you need to, you know, I've, I've had two different family members at times that like show me their scans. I'm like, eh, I don't think you're getting on surgery on this one. <laughs> like, and both of them ended up having surgery after therapy failed. Um, so, you know, there are times that the scans just do look that bad. That's like, eh, like try therapy, see what happens, but most likely are still going to need surgery. Um, but yeah, I think personally, I say for the most part, obviously there's going to be a lot, some cases where it's just like traumatic injury, need surgery, no, no questions about it. But I think a lot of times, yeah, fail, fail the other things first and see. Yeah. And, and so maybe it's a combination of that kind of pain, not that we always follow the pain, um, mixed with function. And so we'll call it maybe total disablement, <laughs> you know, for, 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 for that person of, you know, and, yeah. and yeah, maybe, maybe there should, there could be a scale, you know, where they're at an eight out of 10 of whatever disabled, you know, disability, um, they are not disability as like far as workers comp and work, but you know what I mean? Life disability. Mm -hmm. Um, then maybe that's a, that's a good time for them to, uh, to explore those other options. But, you know, on the same token, like, you know, I know you get it too. You know, I had a client, you know, she came in for some, uh, shoulder issues, you know, just very stiff shoulder, rotator cuff issues, things like that. And, uh, the, their doctor thought it was going from, uh, coming from their neck, their medical doctor. Um, and I think some of it was, but they, uh, instead of x-raying the shoulder and getting more information on the shoulder, which was getting better, they x-rayed their neck and wow, they found everything, anything and everything that could be found <laughs> was, was found in this person's neck. Mind you, again, their shoulder is getting better. They have never had or complained of neck pain. And now their medical doctor wants them to go under the knife and get surgery for their neck. Um, 
And so that's, that's the other side, side of this. And, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know if they might have some problems later on in life, but, you know, everything else that they complained about or had, had issues with got better, mm-hmm. you know? So now we're kind of stoking some of the, the psychological stuff and, and things like that. Um, so it, it's so complex. Yeah. And the getting better, getting worse is a huge one too, I think, cause, um, you know, we've all had those, we've both had those ones that's like things are improving. So probably surgery is not needed, but we've, I'm sure we've both also had those ones. I know I have that's like, all right, we're doing therapy and all of a sudden things are continuing to get worse and like, now they can't function at all. And so it's like, oh, all right, like go get more tests done. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> Refer out as we say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, again, this, this goes back to, uh, you know, what I was saying before, it's like what we were saying before, you know, kind of like let your body be your guide with it. You know, um, your body knows if there's improvement and if, if there's not improvement. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm young, but like, you know, you, like over the years, you know, I, I feel like we've kind of lost some of that body mm-hmm. intuitiveness and body you know, um, awareness, right? We're now relying on external factors and we should, right? These surgeons have gone to school for, you know, eight, nine plus years, you know, um, for this stuff. You know, we've gone to school for a long time with this stuff. Definitely take what we say um, into account, but, you know, listen to your body at the same time. That should maybe hold equal weight to all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think that's a good point. I think it is something that's been lost, you know, whether it's someone just not truly understanding what they're feeling or, you know, how often do we now just ignore the fact that we have pain in order to still train, still compete, still function in life. And, you know, I, I think, or we just mask the pain with medications and things. So I think there is a lot to be said there as far as that we have forgotten how to listen to our bodies and notice what we're feeling and yeah you know like sometimes i think it is healthy to take a good inventory you know in absence of the drugs in absence of the other things and just sit with yourself for some time and be like okay what what am i really feeling you know what what is this and you know sit with the pain right you know um that's not healthy on a daily basis or a <laughs> you know you know, year over year, um, I'll drive someone crazy, but, um, to, to, to take that moment, right. Just like you would meditate, just like you would think about your grocery list, you know, do that to your body or for your body. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point there. Well, you know, while you're thinking about it, you know, um, and you know, that's something I think surgeons should be saying as well. Not I'm this higher power, and you need to do this, you know, and if you don't do this, your life's going to be miserable. Like, well, you know, that person is a tool, you know, uh, just like we're tools um, to, uh, uh, to, to help that person make that uh, informed, uh, that informed decision. Because um, consequences for everything, as I said before, um, there's, there's pros and there's cons for everything we do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, that brings up a thought. Something I was going to transition to earlier and then didn't. 
when we're talking about all surgeries do have side effects, do have things that can happen. Obviously, we all know the like you could die in anesthesia and all that bad stuff, but not talking about the bad stuff, all the really bad stuff. Like what other things are can happen with surgeries as far as that might not that we might not be thinking about? Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing and why I love the minimally invasive surgeries, because I think we're getting away from it is you know, typically when we're doing surgery, we'll talk about the hip or have done in the past with the hip. We've cut through a lot of muscles, which means we're cutting through a lot of nerves as well. And we're kind of stitching it back up and wrapping it back up and hoping that's going to function just like your other side <laughs> again, once it, once it heals. And for some people, it absolutely does. Um, from my experience with most people, it doesn't. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as consequences to, um, to surgeries, which I think was your question, right. Um, or other, other things that, that we should think about, you know, that glute and those hip muscles, you know, just, they, they won't be the same after. And I'm not saying they will be 0%, you know, like the other side, but, you know, even that 90% of the other side, you know, is going to have some implications later on. Um, so we, we really need to be aware of that um, in, in my head. I think it's one of the bigger things. That and then the range of motion too. Like, yes, there are some people that get full range of motion back in the whatever joint has surgery, but there's most often some limited range of motion mm -hmm. afterwards. That same thing, it, there's implications for, for movement later on. Yeah. And, you know, that might be 10 degrees, but that's 10 degrees that you have on the other side that might have you know, implications later on, or even, you know, the, uh, you know, just uh, less catastrophic stuff, you know, the clicking and popping and the fact that you can feel it at that last, you know, little bit of range too. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe having some assumptions that that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, which can be distressing, right? You know, no one likes things clicking and popping. Uh, you know, I, I know that most likely, you know, it's not tied to any huge pathological issue for me, but when my shoulder clicks and pops, I'm like, oh, should I be doing this? <laughs> <laughs> right. We all, we all do, right? I, I guess it's fine. It doesn't hurt. I think we're okay. I don't think to think of too is, you know, how many times do people get surgery and then they still have their pain? that it didn't actually fix whatever the problem was. That's the really, really tough one. Um, I'd say the, yeah, the, the toughest one. And, uh, you know, hey, at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, a, a gamble. You know, you have a pretty high percentage chance of coming out on the other side of it well. Um, but there's no, there's no miracle cures. And if there was, we'd, we'd all be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> So true. <laughs> awesome. Anything else that you want to bring up today? Oh man, I always got things and stuff in my mind. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that was another thing I'm gonna really reflect on is the people who go under the knife and they're exactly where they are, possibly worse, right? Um, it's uh, um uh, that's a tough one. You know, um, you know, if, if you have someone say they went in, they had some 
five out of 10 knee pain, went under the knife, came out, now uh, they're say meniscus, you know, now it's a eight out of 10. Um, you know, do you, you know, what, what's your, what's your typical, you know, um, kind of way of approaching that? I know it's so different based off the person, but, um, kind of as far as the pain increasing mm -hmm. or we'll even say maybe no change maybe or no change. change. Yeah. You know, obviously immediately after surgery, it's hard to, to get a good rel gauge on it. But when we're talking three, four or five weeks out, there's no change. I, I'm someone who's pretty direct with them, assuming I know they can t handle it, um, <laughs> you know, and just like, obviously you don't want to badmouth the surgeon by any means, but at the same time, like you have to have that honest conversation that where they did the surgery was probably not what was causing the pain and like having that deeper dive of movement of, you know, what else could have been contributing to it? What else could still be contributing to it and how, you know, best route to, to go about that. But it's a tough conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, particularly again, with the managing of expectations that, Oh, you're going to be good on the other side of this, you know, and all of that. Um, Cause that's a huge contrast to what they were likely thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, that's where we kind of take, you know, on, on our end, you know, we'll, we'll take a little bit more of a, you know, um, behavioral kind of, you know, approach and, you know, trying to do things to, to dampen that. Um, we've talked about the sympathetic or sympathetic nervous system to kind of dampen that sympathetic response. Cause that's distressing. Um, um, you went through all the time effort, you know, for that surgery. Um, and yeah, maybe there's, you know, something else going on, right. That was just missed. Maybe they have a meniscus problem, but they also have some things going on in their low back mm -hmm. and everyone just, zoomed right to that knee, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're medical professionals and, and never thought adjacent. Right. Yeah. And I think that's happens more, I should say more often than not, but it happens often, you know, there's, I've talked to a lot of people and I'm sure you have too, that it's like, all they've looked at was that joint, not above, not below, not the back. And you know, how many times are knee issues, foot issues caused by something in the back? you know, frequently. And, yeah. you know, um, I'm, I'm sure in, in, in your practice, as well as mine, you know, we frequently get people who have, um, you know, explored the other conservative approaches, other PTs, big box PT and that kind of stuff, and just wasn't working for them. And so uh, luckily, we have that information that, you know, everyone's been tunneling in on the knee. It's like, okay, well, you know, let's look I mean, you and I do it anyways, but it's like, yeah, okay, let's look above and below. Yeah. See what else is going on. And um, then we can get to the bottom. But, you know, we have that information coming into it that mm -hmm. they've exhausted the knee. <laughs> I think, too, though, it's just being able to to listen and assess what they're saying. Because I had one recently who um, displayed as plantar fascia Achilles stuff. And but talking with him, he's like, you know, well, is there a time that's worse? No, not necessarily. Sometimes it's just when I'm sitting or lying down or like, you don't have a foot stuff or Achilles in plantar fascia. So sitting and lying down, like, mm -mm. did I check the foot? Was there some foot and ankle stuff going on? Yes. But we also assessed the back and figured out what was going on there too. So I think sometimes too, it's just taking and like better subjective assessment, really figuring out when does someone have pain? Like if you, you can't reproduce it or if, 
they're having pain at times that they shouldn't be, if it was like a knee or a joint, you know, joint issue, then somewhere else has to be looked at. Somewhere else always has to be looked at. I, I, I love that. And, um, you know, that's, we have the ability, right? We're able to, to, to spend the time with someone. And, and I'm a proponent that someone's typically going to tell me what's, what's going on with them. And it might not be that, oh, you know, I have like, you know, some lumbar spine radiculopathy at L4, L5. <laughs> They're not going to say those big words. Uh, but they are going to say exactly what what you said. That's very inconsistent for a typical foot problem, exclusive foot problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we just have to, you know, the whole health profession could spend a little bit less time talking and a little bit more time listening. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would be a lot farther. <laughs> so true. So true. That might be a good spot to end this on. I think that's a good yeah. spot to end this on. Yeah, absolutely. So, Matthew, if anyone wants to find you, talk to you, yell at you, where can they find you? All of those things. <laughs> uh, you could, yeah, in order. Uh, you can always find us. Um, uh, my company is AutoNest Physical Therapy, committed to your autonomy, happiness, and wellness. Um, we're on all social media uh, channels. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I'm still open to you know anyone who's listening and has a, you know, um, agrees with what the things we're saying, maybe disagrees with some of the things we're saying. Let's, let's have a healthy conversation about it. Right. And let's, uh, come from a place of knowledge and, and, and understanding that we don't all know everything. We all have our, our, um, um, our skill set and, um, and, and knowledge base and, uh, talk about it, chop it out. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining. This was fun as usual. Always, always. Thank you so much for having me on Brian. You're welcome. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and got some great information from it. If you are looking for more great information, I encourage you to go check out getyourfixpt.com. There you can gain access to blog posts, other podcast interviews, my online programs, and the race prep masterclass, which is for you if you are a chronically injured runner with foot and ankle issues. Once again, that is all at getyourfixpt.com. And I hope you join us next week for another great episode.